You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Tiger Nation. Welcome to Locked On Clemson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's right. It's a daily glance into Clemson Athletics, Monday through Friday, the number one team in college football. On this Tuesday episode, going to unload the notebook for you in just a few moments, hit on some key news and items going on around Clemson football, including a game time for a top 10 showdown in Death Valley. And then I'll play He Said, He Said, where you'll hear from a Clemson player or coach. I'll come back with a comment, insight, maybe some analysis, maybe even a stat to back up or talk about what they're having to say. Today you'll hear from Clemson defensive coordinator Brent Venables and Clemson offensive coordinator Tony Elliott. And we'll wrap things up with Tuesday Tiger of the Week. And this week I'm going to profile Jordan McFadden, Clemson's starting right tackle. Talk about his journey to get to this point in his career and what he's learned thus far in the 2020 season. It's another busy episode getting ready for Clemson's 8 p.m. Saturday night game inside Memorial Stadium against the Virginia Cavaliers. I'm your host, Brad Sinkoff. You can follow me on Twitter at Brad Sinkoff. That's with a W at the end. I'm a deputy editor for allclemson.com and I host the Press Box on 105.5 The Roar in Clemson. It was announced Monday that the Tigers would be playing number 8 Miami Saturday night, October the 10th at 7.30 p.m. So another primetime showdown for Clemson in Death Valley. This time, it's against a 3-0 Hurricane squad, and they're off to a good start. Miami gets the week off, so they will, you would think, be in the top 10 when those two teams meet a week from Saturday. you got to think Clemson should avoid an upset against Virginia this week. And if that happens, then you're going to get a big-time matchup under the lights. It's going to be a lot of hype around that football game. Always a lot of hype around Miami anyway, uh, but these two teams squaring off inside Death Valley. That originally wasn't supposed to happen. Uh, They were not scheduled to play each other in the original ACC slate that came out earlier this year, but then as the summer progressed and changes were made for the COVID-19 pandemic, Turns out Clemson gets Miami, and it's a big boost to the schedule, and it's a big boost for both teams to be in prime time. I was kind of wondering how many of those kind of games would Clemson get based on the fact they're going to be such huge favorites in so many games, but they opened up the season against Wake Forest in prime time because there really weren't any other big choices to choose from before the SEC had started. Big 12 was playing mainly non-conference games, and then here we are a couple weeks later, it's Virginia on Clemson, at Clemson on primetime, and then Miami right after that. So that's going to be three of four games for the Tigers in the spotlight. Now on to some personnel updates for the Tigers. Clemson defensive coordinator Brent Venables said on Monday that Darian Kendrick, quote, everything's good, end quote, with the cornerback for the Tigers. Uh, if you remember, Kendrick did not make the trip to Wake Forest back in week one as Coach Sweeney held him out. Then he didn't play the initial snap against the Citadel, came in after that. So technically, the All-AC selection has yet to make a start for Clemson in 2020. And then after the Citadel game, Coach Sweeney went into detail about how Darian Kendrick needed to 
understand that everything is important, uh, classes, tutors, academics, all that stuff. So I want you to believe uh, that there was some disciplinary reasoning for what Coach Sweeney had to do that occurred likely during the summer. It appears that Kendrick has gotten the message, as Brent Venables said on Monday, he's not even in the doghouse. He said he never was in the doghouse with Venables or the coaching staff, so this seems like it was something between Kendrick and his head coach. It appears to be over. I would expect to see Darian Kendrick starting on the football field against Virginia on Saturday night. Also starting against Virginia on Saturday night, wouldn't be surprised to see Mario Goodrich out there, another cornerback who has not played at all this season. He's been banged up, something that's been the uh, overlying theme of Goodrich's young career. He's a junior right now, but he just never seems to be 100% healthy. But Brent Venables does say that he will have Goodrich on the field on Saturday, so I would think he's going to get a lot of playing time, which means there'll be less playing time for Andrew Booth and Sheridan Jones. Those guys were sort of forced into uh, the situation when the when Kendrick and Goodrich didn't make the trip to Wake Forest, and you saw some growing pains as Clemson gave up a couple of plays, allowed some guys to get open. Wake Forest had a couple of drops that would have gone for much, much bigger plays. Uh, so I think Brent Vendels will be very pleased to get two veterans back in that rotation at cornerback, and I would expect those two guys to see a lot of playing time against Virginia, especially as they try to match up with that six foot seven receiver, Lavelle Davis, for Virginia. An important storyline that I brought up on Monday's episode was how would Clemson handle being off last week? COVID-19, testing protocols, guidelines, dictating so much about college football right now. I was really curious as to what Clemson did during its time off, and several players said that they stayed in Clemson. They stayed in town. Mike Jones, the linebacker, said that he just continued, he and his teammates, to, con- to keep the Clemson bubble going. So they didn't go out. They not, not, I don't know how many guys actually went home or spent time with family or friends. They tried to kind of isolate themselves, it sounds like, based on what several players had to say. Jones said he spent most of his time watching film. He was in there in the facility on Saturday and Sunday. He said several other players were in there doing the same thing. Uh, Jordan McFadden, the offensive lineman for Clemson, uh, said that he just kind of hung out with some of the guys on the team. He didn't really hang out with anybody else. They sat around and watched football all weekend. So it sounds like Clemson, which has taken things very seriously since they had an outbreak back in June, they have been diligent in everything they've done to make sure not only that the season took place, but they've remained as healthy as possible so they can be on the football field on Saturdays. Brent Venables, meanwhile, said that he spent some of the time off this week uh, watching his daughters play in a basketball tournament in the upstate of South Carolina, but he did get a chance to watch a little bit of college football. Uh, He was not a big fan of Kansas State, Oklahoma, even though Kansas State pulled the shocker. Brent Venables, an alum of Kansas State, but spent much of his coaching career at Oklahoma. That's a very stressful situation uh, for him watching those two teams play. He said what was also stressful for him was watching any game involving college football. He said he, he just knows how much work goes into it and what coaches and players go through to get ready for a Saturday. And he, he talked about just how it was just kind of a pressure situation for him. He, he could feel the stress of, of what it's like coaching, even though he's sitting at home on the couch. Speaking of sitting on the couch watching football, why don't you get all of your auto parts at the touch of your phone or your computer at rockauto.com? How many times have you gone to these chain front auto stores and yes, the counterman to look up your part and he types in a bunch of information and you're standing there awkwardly, you don't know what to say or do, 
By the time he finally pulls it up, he tells you, oh, I don't even have that in my warehouse. Avoid all that frustration. Go to rockauto.com. It's a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. rockauto.com has all your body parts, your auto parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. rockauto.com catalog is unique, and it's remarkably easy to navigate. You're going to get all the best prices, very reliable, same as for professionals or do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up twice as much on auto parts? You don't need to do that. You simply go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or your truck, and while you're there, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. That's locked on in their how did you hear about us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com it's time for the debut of He Said, He Said. I'll play you a quote from a player or a Clemson coach, and then I'll give you some analysis or maybe even a stat uh, that goes along with what they have to say. Up first, let's start with Clemson offensive coordinator Tony Elliott. Here's what he had to say about his star quarterback throwing across the middle this year. Good question. It's a combination of, of both. You know, this past offseason, you go back, you study yourself, and, and you look to where you Target the ball mostly. I look for opportunities to to expand your expand your offense and uh, hit different field zones, uh, and then also defensive structure will will dictate that as well. So it's a combination of both of, of us also using the tight end. The tight end is a it's a position that creates that matchup can get to the middle of the field from the boundary uh, pretty easily, and then some of your three by one sets you can do some things off of some play action. So I think it's just a combination of both of those things. Elliot letting you know there that this is both a focus of the offense and at the same time what's there for Trevor Lawrence to use. And it's been that middle of the field, and that's such a hot topic among Clemson fans after last year that being heavy criticized uh, on what exactly uh, or why exactly Clemson didn't use the middle of the field more often. Saw this stat from David Hell of ESPN. On throws of 10 or more yards this season, Trevor Lawrence is 14 of 19 with four touchdowns, zero interceptions, much of that has been to the inside and to the middle of the field, using slot receiver Amari Rogers, who leads the team in receptions, and his tight end core, especially with Braden Galloway uh, back in the mix. Just two games in for Tony Elliott, but he's already seen a lot that he likes about his offense. But the one area that he's been especially impressed with happens to be the big boys up front. You know, I think that, that we all had high expectations for the offensive line uh, just because we knew uh, the, the quality young men that we had, uh, the experience that they had. But I think the thing that's, you know, refreshing and encouraging is just to see it come to life. I think we had talked a lot about uh, this unit having an opportunity to be one of the better units that we've had. Uh, and we've had some really good units uh, offensive line-wise uh, over the past several years. But just seeing those guys set the tempo uh, the leadership that they're bringing, uh, you know, doesn't surprise me, but it is uh, encouraging uh, to see that really, really come to life because we all felt like that was going to be the case. Uh, but to see it come to life and see those guys set the tempo, I think will just just enhance and, and help us to to go, uh, you know, going forward um, with this offense. And then, you know, the thing that, that, that we we all knew was the, uh, the depth on the offensive line, just the inexperience, very talented. Uh, but it's been good to get an opportunity to kind of see some of that depth you know, start to develop and then also have opportunities to to show us where we need to continue to develop and grow, you know, some of those guys uh, that we're going to need down the stretch. I couldn't agree more with Tony Elliott there about the offensive line. I said all offseason that I thought that first unit, that first group, would be on par with what Clemson's had in the past. Yes, they had to replace four guys 
up front, and the new guys who were stepping in weren't complete newbies. It's not like they'd never seen a snap in their lives. Many of those guys have been in the program developing for multiple years. So it wasn't an instance where Clemson was turning things over to young, inexperienced players. There was going to be growing pains. I think Elliott's right. I think that first group has taken off. Now, we haven't seen them throughout an entire game. We haven't even seen them throughout three entire quarters as they've been rotating a lot of young players in, trying to get uh, a uh, gauge on the younger guys and where they need to step up because they've got two freshmen that are playing backup positions, number two roles right now. So Clemson needed to play some less experienced players. But that first group, very, very solid right now. We'll be talking about one of those players in Jordan McFadden in just a bit. Now let's hear from defensive coordinator Brent Venables, who talks about what he's learned from his defense through the first two weeks of the season. Probably the, the most noticeable thing is just that we've we've improved up front. And, uh, you know, even though we've lost some guys, um, had some guys out, I've seen noticeably a number of players that have improved and gotten better from where we were in the spring. And so again, you know, it's a long season. You got you got a lot of challenges ahead, but that's been um, that's been great. Um, I think uh, you know, I think we've got some young guys that have you know great futures. And uh, some just in regards to some of the depth, a bunch of babies out there running around, uh, just now for the first time getting their ears wet. And um, and uh, you know. There's going to be good day, days and bad days, but really um, excited about some of our young players across the board uh, up front and in the back end. And then guys like Skowski and, you know, Nolan Turner, uh, you know, in particular, uh, those two guys, you know, they're so steady. And, uh, you know, with that, those seniors, you know, they play at a different kind of level of confidence and consistency that you want all your players to play with. But uh, Skowski, you know, when he's been, he's been just a machine. You know, he makes every play he's supposed to. And then, uh, you know, three or four, you know, other plays that are just effort kind of plays, instinct kind of plays that really show up. But, uh, again, just, you know, we're not anywhere close to where I believe that we will be by the end of the year. And uh, we've got a lot of growth to do, a lot of improvement fundamentally, scheme. Um, still working on our chemistry uh you know that's developed over the season you know what our identity is I, still, I don't know what that is yet and uh but we're, we're we're fixing to get you know really challenged here you know moving forward it's interesting to hear Brent Venable say that he doesn't quite know what the identity of this defense is I I still think it's those big guys up front and what they've been able to do in terms of tackles for loss and sacks and, and getting in the backfield, disrupting things. And that's without Xavier Thomas and Justin Foster, defensive ends, and with Tyler Davis, who's been on the mend as well. But with everybody, once they're back and they're in action, I, I think that will take form as a true identity. Now, secondary, I think, still has a ways to go. And I think that's what he's referring to about growth and maturity and continuing to get better. And I think you'll see some of that uh, take place here over the next few weeks. It's going to have to as they begin a heavy stretch of conference games. Up next, it's Tuesday, Tiger of the Week with Jordan McFadden, the offensive tackle. Let you know his story and how he got to Clemson and what he's doing right now uh, for this Tiger offensive line. Now it's time for Tuesday, Tiger of the Week, which goes to Clemson offensive tackle Jordan McFadden. You know, this is a player that 
A few short years ago, I remember speaking with former Clemson assistant Jeff Scott, who's now the head coach at South Florida. He could not stop talking about McFadden. Now, this wasn't the best recruit Clemson had ever had on offensive line. This was a three-star prospect out of Dorman High School up in the Spartanburg area of South Carolina. He wasn't a huge name, wasn't a big-time heralded recruit, but the coaches absolutely loved him. They could tell very early on that he was going to be a star, and so they talked him up a lot. Now, you didn't really get to see it in 2018. McFadden played in three games and redshirted, and then last season in 2019, he played about 315 snaps over 14 games, but he backed up Tremaine Ankrum, and Tremaine Ankrum was an anchor of that offensive line for so many years. He saw over 2,500 snaps and started 37 of 55 games. So it wasn't that McFadden wasn't talented enough. McFadden couldn't get on the field because Ankrum was just so solid. Now it's been his time to shine. McFadden did not have to fight for a starting position. There was really no battle at right tackle. They knew right away when they went into the 2020 season, he was penciled in as the starter. And the reason for that is because of what he showed them throughout his entire career. While he had not played a ton of games, McFadden has been a powerful and knowledgeable offensive tackle since day one, and he's a guy that the Tigers almost didn't even end up with as he was originally committed to Virginia Tech and then decided he didn't want to play for the Hokies after all. Uh, nothing like nothing against Virginia Tech. They're a great football team. They have a great staff. Um, I still have a lot of friends on that team, um, but I'm extremely happy with the decision I made to come to Clemson. Uh, it's been the best decision. Uh, in my opinion, that I've, that I've made, um, just to be around this great group of guys, a coaching staff that just cares for you uh, more than more than people understand, and then just being around um, my teammates. Uh, I can't stress that enough how good these guys are, and then uh, guys that have come before me who kind of helped me along the way. Um, so yeah, this is this has just been the best decision that I've ever made. There's a reason that Clemson has really liked this guy since the very beginning. Uh, Coach Dabo Swinney said he's got as good a kick. As any offensive lineman you're going to see, he's strong, he's smart, he's knowledgeable, and he's a guy that they has become reliable. I mean, think about it. This is a young man who never really had started football, but had already earned the trust of his coaching staff based on what he did the last couple of years. So uh, he's off to a good start this year. That Clemson offensive line, that first unit, we talked about that earlier in this episode. They've been very, very strong out the gate. He's a major reason why. And the thing about McFadden to also keep an eye on, even though he's playing right tackle, he is cross-trained at left tackle. If something were to happen to Jackson Carmen, if he were to go down, Davo Sweeney has no qualms about moving over his star right tackle into left position and Clemson not missing a beat. But keep an eye on this young man. I think he's going to have an exceptional career, an exceptional season. And here's what he had to say about his first game of the 2020 season at home. I mean, it was fun. Uh, Any time you can get out there, it's always fun to play the game of football. Um, I didn't really feel like I was doing anything particularly different um, as opposed to playing. I just feel like this year I'm so much more confident in myself and in my abilities. Uh, and just like the coach and the staff, they, I feel like they have a lot of confidence in me. And just knowing that, uh, um, it gives me like a, a good boost. And I'm just trying to evidently just do whatever I can I can do to help this team win, help this put this team in the best place uh, to succeed. So that's really where my mindset is right now. That is Jordan McFadden, your Tuesday Tiger of the Week. I want to thank you for joining me today on this episode as we went through some news and notes on Clemson's personnel and a game time. We also 
did he said he said you heard from Clemson coaches Brent Venables and Tony Elliott and Jordan McFadden there as a Tuesday Tiger of the Week. On the next episode, I'll give you some updates from Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney on his team and how he feels about where they're at heading into their third game of the season and what can Virginia do to really test Clemson. We'll discuss that on the Wednesday episode. I want to thank you so much for joining me here on Locked On Clemson Podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, you download, you rate, you review, tell your friends, your family to be sure to check out Locked On Clemson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Brad Sinkoff. Follow me again on Twitter at Brad Sinkoff with a W. Also, follow the Locked On Clemson Podcast at Clemson Locked On. I'm here five days a week, your daily glance into the Clemson Tigers. Have a great day. Take care. Talk to you tomorrow, Tiger Nation.